it was only Brooke and I and then one other couple. And when the credits rolled, Brooke and I, I was, so, we were both just sobbing. And we look over and the other couple was crying too. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I saw it because I, 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 I had seen Uncut Gems, Dave hadn't. Dave had seen ways from not Uncut Gems. It was like the same night we like just both kind of coincidentally went to two different theaters. He went to go see Uncut Gems. I went to go see Ways, just like by ourselves on like a Tuesday, whatever. And I like, and then the movie ends, it's the same thing. The credits are going, you know, I like kind of look at my phone and there's a text from Dave. He's like, dude, I just got Uncut Gems. So I'm like, dude, I'm still sitting, sitting in the theater watching the credits to Waves. I don't want to go. <laughs> sound, sound and colors just ripping. Uh, the, yeah, the song it. and the sounds and colors of the movie we'll, we'll get into. But, I mean, uh, it's it just floors every time. I saw it on, like, a Monday night um, with uh, uh, – Christina and I like walked we like I don't know if we couldn't get a cab or something but we just like needed a walk after it was fucking heavy it was like all right so we walked like halfway home essentially and then got a cab um it was a it was a fucking lot but uh at the time I think I I must have had like I think I had a beer while I was in there uh but I hadn't been drinking before I rewatched it again after seeing it once, just very ripped and um, a different experience, like way, way heavier. Even though I knew what was going to happen, it was still heavier. Like it, it was like I expect, I was expecting, I was looking around, I was too aware of everything that could happen. And I didn't like soak all of it in the way I should have, but um and Cyrus, how was your watching it? Uh, you're, you're like fucking ten minutes fresh off it. Yeah. Well, so I watched I watched the first half last, and is, is this already recording? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm recording. Edition um, day. So, well, I was watching it. I was watching it last night, and um, I I turned it off. I mean. I don't know if we're going for a format right now, but I stopped it like in the middle, like right before the most climactic craziness, and it was like escalating to it, and that that mo- it's it's like two movies put together because that first half is so hedonistic, not hedonistic, but it just escalates to that yeah. high level, and then sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, I completely agree. I was say, yeah, no, I, I think Sam might be uh, a little frozen. But I'm saying, yeah, we're going to have this discussion, assuming all the listeners have seen the movie, so we can. <laughs> we, we don't we don't have to be cryptic about details. But yeah, it's, right. it's the same way that, or very similar with uh, the, the place Beyond the Pines is set up, where it's, it, it's one character story, then there's a point of intersection between the two, and then it's the other character story. And it's. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah, the brother and sister. It's one family, but it's it's two obviously very different stories. And kind of like what you're saying with Tyler. I mean, just 
And yeah, we'll, we'll get into this, but just like the one thing I noticed throughout the movies, obviously, just the color palettes. And with Tyler, if it's in a car, in a room, in a party, it's very dark. It's it's like these dark reds and navy blues. His room is navy blue. And then when we get into Emily's story more, if, if it is red and blue, it's usually softer. There's a lot of pinks and yellows and, you know, sky blues in it. So you can just kind of tell the emotions that are trying to be pulled out of you in each half of the, in each story that's being told okay. just, based, just based on that alone not even the amazing acting music and everything else go along with it just like simple palette alone does a great job setting each individual person's tone so one thing that i thought was pretty interesting was like tyler's tyler's color, colors are blue and red right yeah his room is cobalt um and then during all these driving scenes you see the red light flashed on him um you then see at the climax the blue and red flashing on him. Okay, so the, like you said, they are harsher colors, and it makes you think. If you remember earlier in the movie, he looks by and he sees a black man being arrested by police, and so it's almost as if this was the police were a horror character or the law were a horror character that's off-screen the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And then it- go on. Yeah, no, and I was just going to say, just going off the police, they do a great job filling the front of their house when he's, like, running out with the hat and if they're trying to escape, you just see the red and blue lights out front and they're just shooting into his house. You so you know him? he's surrounded no matter... You, you, you know he's done as soon as he steps outside. All you remember from this police are the blue and red lights. You don't remember you don't the actual him. police, yeah. like, ever. Um, but, yeah, it was the – it's the first movie – I haven't seen uh, Place Beyond the Pines, but it was the first movie I'd seen that was – I might have seen other movies that were, like, distinctly, like, two acts rather than the traditional three. And even sometimes the three-act movies, it, it like, you don't notice that they're three acts. Sometimes it's very specific or you have to think about it. But, like, this was the most – Okay, these are these are two stories. It's a lot easier when when it like it's a lot easier to um, uh, assert when there are two acts rather than three. But I mean, um, I guess we uh, I think we all enjoyed it for the most not for like the normal reasons of enjoying a movie. Um, but I you've got to start with really just the contemporary soundtrack. Um, and it is, I, listening to, uh, gotta be above it. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I like, I feel kind of like I need to get above it and I need to do better with myself when I listen to this song, but not, not like this, man. This is like, it's like a fucking terror song when that comes on. You're like, holy shit. Cause it comes back again and you're in his head and you're thinking, holy shit, I I, I can't imagine what this kid is feeling, the pressure from his dad, who's way fucking bigger than he is, way buffer. He would never be <laughs> ever, besides for his fucking movies, definitely, definitely tore it at the combine trying to make the uh trying to make the NFL. But um it's uh I I have a few questions about the soundtrack kind of post uh conversation. Um uh, but uh, I'll, I'll- 
I mean, I was just gonna make one note to what you added on. Obviously, Sterling K. Brown is fucking jacked in this movie, and I just wrote down in my notes, "Dad stare." Well, when they're at church, and he just gives him those eyes down the pew. It's oh. like, oh, I felt that one. I was like, oh, sorry, Dad. I'll sit up straight. <laughs> like, I was just like on my couch, like pulling my posture up. Like, oh, dude, he is such an intimidating he, factor in this. He movie. asks him. He asks him at breakfast. He goes. You bored with the service today? And I was like, <laughs> like, like I've never gone to church really with my dad because he's Catholic and I'm Methodist. But like, I, that feeling of being in church hungover, like, I oh. probably only felt it like twice because I stopped going once I started drinking. <laughs> I think about those coordinations. Uh, um, but man, like, was the service boring? It's like, yeah, dude, it really fucking was, man. Uh, that that feeling of just fall, try, falling asleep there. You don't even need to have been out the night before and just feel like you're going to do that. Uh, I just got the biggest kick out of that when he said that it, when they were at breakfast. And then it uh, ensued the uh, little uh, arm wrestling match. But So, um... Yeah, I and and I think that the uh, his dad, him and his dad's relationship can be boiled down to one line that his dad says to him. He says, "You need to work ten times harder. We are not afforded the luxury of being average." You know, yeah. I mean, this yeah. is a one in that. One in the office. Yeah, that seems tough. Yeah, and because if you you know blackness is not a huge part of this movie the way it is like with Moonlight or you know, fucking black Klansmen, but it's, it's a prerequisite of this film. It is, it gives you no notion of race, except for when he says that, that. Um, then you yeah. see. So I think that that's a really interesting undertone and I'll, I'll get into this later. And I, and it, it goes through Trey Edward Schultz's entire filmography from Cresha all the way to this movie. It, he is a master of the horror off the screen. And I think that you can say that this movie is as much a horror movie as it is a drama. And there horror, are some- I would say horror in the form of tension. Yeah. And just like, in like, like body David Cronenberg horror, like when he's getting smashed down on the fucking uh, And just like the, um, I don't know how to explain it. It's like he, he Schultz is just able to foster this sense of dread throughout his entire movie. And like you guys were talking about it comes at night the other night, like how many moments of true horror are there in that movie? Maybe 10, but the whole movie, you have a gut feeling that you're about to fucking shit your your pants, you know? Yeah. And then the whole, and the best part about the movies of it comes at night is like I say, like there's no monster reveal that there's no backstory. And, Kind of like this movie, you're you're just dropped into this family story, and I mean, and that's that's I, I haven't seen Christian, but I understand Tim and his family, so like you can tell that thread of just this high and low with your family, and just trying to find the the flat line between it, and kind of just li- just living for that flat line before something good or bad happens, which is also kind of why the movie's called Waves. I feel like we just go up and down, and it's not this gradual let's go up, come down. It's Let's go up and then let's just drop. Let's go up and then drop. And you just get, and like you said, the scene with, sorry, Dave, but the scene when he was like wrestling and he gets his shoulder hurt. Like every other sports movie, it's the running back goes around the corner and gets this huge tackle and he's like, ah, and like you can just tell with 
with Tyler, like he's still trying to get through it. He just kind of succumbs to it and just like he's not crying at first. He's just like trying to hold everything and just you just see him getting crunched and you can just feel and you're just like, oh my God, there's a big, there's no big moment. It's just like you said, Trade was just you know, really good job of just pulling, just pulling the tension out of you. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's, um, in that scene is the first time in the movie that you see any sort of helplessness from Tyler. Yeah. You know? And so speaking again about like how race is a prerequisite, I think that that's part of it. It's like this idea of learned helplessness. Like you, you on the surface, he's this guy who has fucking everything, but he probably feels helpless because he's not working 10 times as hard. Yeah. That's what I was going to add on to is it's that, um, the like kind of in the, it comes at night, like, the uh for that kid that's living in that world they don't understand it as well but they see through their parents that this world is not what they think it is and it's just that learned uh trauma that's passed down and um it's not i mean it's not gonna be the same for tyler as it was for his dad but it's gonna be pretty fucking hard and he knows when that happens it's not like like the typical sports movie when that happens. Oftentimes in a sports movie when an injury happens, it is centered around black character and that shatters their dreams. But in this, it really shows you how much more it shatters than just athletic dreams. Like it shatters fucking everything around them. And even though it really doesn't, they believe it does. And that's how you get what, what, what pursues. And it's, uh, his self-worth it's, is predicated on his father's approval, and he lost it the moment yeah. that happened. He was, he's a sick piano player. like Yeah, and like, you see it. You see it. He, Tyler's crying when his mom is putting his arm into the sling, but it's when his dad looks away in almost disgust that Tyler becomes hysterical. And that is the moment yeah. that his world, his wave, is now crashing down. Guys, we've all been through things all like this. You know, it's that up, that down. We've all been through the same ups and downs that they've been through in this movie. So, I mean, that's why it's just so... It, it's Relatable. so relative to what we're, we go... Th- you know I'm joking. Uh, but <laughs> it, I, I was thinking about uh, that. It's especially apparent, like, the wave thing that you're talking about in the second half of the movie, um, I guess we should probably go through the soundtrack a bit to walk ourselves through it all. Um, as we as we said, uh, uh, gotta be above it gets you in that mode of okay, like it's like boot camp every day for him essentially. And then uh, I Hi. guess what I'll play the. Dada played before that with the camera circling oh, around the yeah, truck. The yeah. first song is Floridada, him and his girl having the time of their fucking lives, you know? Like, well, the, the, the whole, I, I was gonna say, and they, they use it a lot in the movie, especially right at the beginning, that, that kind of like orbiting camera, just making you feel like almost uncomfortable, almost like you're dizzy, or like, if it's just kind of a steady straight cam, you're like, this is just a shot, but like, there's something innate about that orbiting, like you kind of always have to be aware of what's going on, and 
and and and something could easily something could easily go right past you if if you're not taking a, a look at everything. And I think that's kind of what's going on inside Tyler's head at all times, especially when Alexis become pregnant. Now here's another thing he just has to keep spinning around his mind as it's going down with his pill addiction, basically. That's a thing that you would see in an action movie or a thriller when, like, you're waiting to see something come in. Because, exactly, it's it's how he's seeing the world, but you're waiting for something to happen. He's sticking his legs out the car. I mean, it, it is a car about to wreck, and that's literally the whole first half. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah. It's, um... I don't know. I have a I have a lot to say about the cinematography and the way it was the way the shots were framed in the first half versus the second half of the film. I, I feel like we do we probably all need to talk about that. Yeah. We uh, together, but I I feel like we I do Dave like the idea of going through the whole movie just instead of like scenes or events, just songs. Soundtrack. That's how I remember. That's how I think we all remember. Really. Yeah. So it starts with Florida, right? And then yep. it's it's this circular shot. Correct. So it's it's not asking you to focus on one thing. It's asking you to be there in this moment as if you're in the back seat, so happy, just looking back and forth between Tyler and Alexis. Like this is so fucking crazy. This is perfect. You know? And then you compare that to these straight shots, these contemplative scenes in the later in the second half of the movie. And it and it just goes to show the the difference between the two. Right? Yeah, the whole the whole credits is is like you know, it's just the camera is constantly moving, like going at like he's on the track, then they're at the beach in the camera. I love the shot. The camera's going through the woods, like out to the beach. And he's with uh, Alexa and like it, it's it, then they go to a party, but it's constantly moving, zooming in. It's it's just a zoom like like that's kind of like life's going for him at that moment. It's me. Um, it's it's me. You know, it's how. How did you feel about that? Those song choices there, Rose. Did they like? Did they affect you personally? Yeah, I mean, as as you had mentioned, when to move forward and I guess another level, like whenever the Clams Casino is playing and he's getting the MRI. Yep. But it was that was very intense. Yes. But I think I mean overall I. I think on the one hand, the like, I mean, thinking specifically about backseat freestyle and I am a god, it seemed to me like he, his level of like, I, I whenever I listen to those songs, I sense a level of irony, I guess, in like how absurd they are. And to me, I, it seems like, to Tyler, it is truth or some type of like mode of thought that is non not taken ironically at all by the by. But I don't know how you guys think of that. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I I kind of they're almost a little too on the nose a bit. I mean, backseat freestyle for sure. Because he's singing along with it as like all the, all the lyrics with it. Yeah, you know, I, I do. I do agree with the with with, with that sentiment. And no, I do think Cyrus. I agree, but 
there, you know, I talk a lot about time and place when we talk on, about the music or whatever. And I was thinking when I was taking my notes and Cyrus, you're a little older than us, but every 18 year old guy has a moment they remember being fucked up rapping along the first verse of Backstreet Freestyle, <laughs> like totally unhinged, like prefrontal cortex turned off, you know, just you're in that moment. And I right. feel like that encapsulated, like you said, almost his entire MO, Cyrus. Right. And, and same I, thing with I Am I, A God. Like he's he's in his room, he's, he's fucked up, he's drunk, he's taking these pills and he's like just going out there, he's gonna go confront her about it and then it drops when he shoves his dad down and he kind of like hits the ground and goes to his knee. That's when the song kind of snaps into it. And Tyler's like, yeah, I just like shoved him down. I just kind of took him down. That's when the song picks up and he just starts going after the car, which you mom's got to call the cops at that point. Like she, she, she can't call his friends and be like, where is he? We're kind of worried about him. Like you no, just got to, you got to cut that, that one off. They're black family, man. They're, she's not going to do that because they're black family. And very good point. I am Dave. a god. I am a god is the most whore sounding rap song. Like when you just, if you know Kanye and you know like the sound, like it is terrifying. Like that's the kind of the point of it. Um, if you don't think Kanye has uh, Fonzie uh, jumped the shark at that point, um, it's uh, it's it's a terrifying song and. It it fits in so well there, and you just know nothing good is about to happen. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm like pulling my legs right now because I'm like getting worked up thinking about that. Me too. Um, Me too. Well, it's, that, it's that thing. I think we had been listening to um, the the Ringer guys talking about the town, and they, they say something. I don't know if they had said this or someone commenting on the town the film that you sympathize with the first character that you really are presented with and by the end of it it's it was very like it was disheartening to see that that Tyler as much as I sort of was sympathizing for him and it's like escalating escalating I was like at the end of it it's like is should should you be rooting for him or is he actually not a good like he let things get so out of hand you know i mean he's the he's a protagonist by the mechanism of being the first person that you really are seeing but how are you really like how are you really supposed to feel about his character it's sympathetic or it's his downfall and his like not really his sister's rise i guess but like really it's his dad like realizing that he wasn't a fucking dad, like the right dad to him. Mm. I I would guess. I mean, I have no idea. Like, you guys feel free to fill in, but uh, I, I, look, I'm, I was going to say, like, it, it, I'm not it, saying you should feel unsympathetic, but he just it gets out of hand in such a steady way that that's. I mean, it's the horror aspect of it. Just the wheels coming off and him being just escalating things in that way but yeah i mean you're supposed to be heartbroken when it happens not just for obviously for 
for Luxus and the child and her family. But I mean, for him, because like you said, Cyrus, you, you, you were kind of rooting for him at that point. Like, you know why his mind was going the way it was and why his mind and the camera were spinning the way they were. It's, it, it, it's unforgivable, unforgivable, right? I mean, you, you kind of have to cut yourself off emotionally, which is where the heartbreak happens then. And you're supposed to be absolutely crushed, I think, before we get into Emily's story where you can kind of start to piece yourself back together again because the family, which was now broken, is being pieced together back through Emily's side of the story. And, and, and the film was entirely Tyler for the first half. The second yeah. half of the film is not entirely Emily. She, you know, she shares the screen with other characters who take up a lot of time talking. And, and that is to show that Tyler sucked the fucking oxygen out of that family. You know, like, uh, that was a star shown so bright. Hold, hold on, Dave. That, that Emily had no, you know, even when the movie was about her, was it really all the way about her? Like, it shared time with fucking homeboy Lucas Hodges, the whole storyline with his father, you know, like it, it, it's like, it, it's a, a not so subtle way for the movie to say, Hey, like you see the difference of personality and, and I don't know how to explain it. Like taking up space between Tyler and Emily. It's, it's to me, it was the completely that old school philosophy of father focusing a father sucking the oxygen out of a family and focusing it on son to raise another patriarch like that whole fucking real old school way of thinking um, that has been thrust. I, and I know I, I it's so easy to understand, especially like a, a black male like like Sterling K. Brown there thinking that way and putting that 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 focus on him because he knew what he needed to do to provide and he's like I'm going to give that to my son so he can provide like he's not necessarily thinking about his daughter um but I I do agree like I mean his sh- shenanigans the way he acted definitely does as well I just think it, that's a mutual thing between those two and then yeah. you really get to see that the stepmother is such a champ like like having to deal she's got a good singing voice she she's she likes good music we know that much leaving church heading to breakfast she's listening to good tunes i'm not sure why they were driving in separate cars um but uh so i think i may have derailed the direction we were going a bit i think we had like going through the songs in in that linear fashion um that i'm i'm i have like the tunage pulled up right here that song what a difference a day makes that yeah. old school that's the movie song. that's that's the movie yeah it's it's one yeah. day one day completely changes everything one second of one day changes everything so i think that scene is is just, is more important. I think the second and third time you go through it, and before it's kind of like Tyler and his stepmom being cute in the car. Okay, like she she, she can sing. She was one of the Skyler sisters on the original Hamilton. We get it, um, as that actress was. But it's also just it, it fully comes back to that, and you're like, this is a very important song above all the other just powerful, just overdriving songs in this album that you just blare. It's this one old jazz standard that that's what that's what truly sets it apart is that's the song 
And something funny about that song, you know, play, it's, it happens twice in the movie, you know, once during Tyler's part of the movie and once during Emily's. But um, getting back, getting, thinking about framing of the movie, um, you know, like a widescreen movie. Um, and during like the scene, the what a difference a day makes scene, which is essentially, you know, Tyler killing Alexis and then the runaway, it switches to 3-2. And it becomes grainy, almost like Super 8 film. And it's the only moment that looks almost nostalgic or old school. And then the only song that is nostalgic and old school is about what a difference a day makes. And so it, it made me think like, shit, he knew he was doing that. Cause it's like, he switches the aspect ratio to this like old school grainy shit for this moment where what a difference a day makes. Unbelievable. You know, he, he actually, um wrote all of these artists like letters to get their music for this movie so he didn't have to pay them because and you know he's dealing with some heavy hitters there and uh they all gave it to him so they didn't have to spend the budget on the soundtrack because it is so impossible to get that contemporary of a soundtrack if you were to make this movie in 20 years and you made a movie about, you know, the mid, like 2016 or 17, and like it, it would be a different case and how you could get that music, but um, it is incredible. And the, the music tones from one side to the other is kind of phenomenal. Like, it, I mean, it's obviously intentional, um, but, uh, and fitting, but, uh, I, what were you guys thinking? I, I'm trying to remember the transition of how that happens. Like, it, if somebody can walk me through that, where that's what that split looks like. So, like, so, are you saying you're going to Emily or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't watched it, you know, in in a couple weeks. So it's there's it's kind of a blend, right? So the, the there's the entire movie, and I'm talking again about aspect ratio, but like widescreen, right? And then he pushes her, or he hits her, and she falls. When you hear the sound, it's when it switches, okay? And then there there's that scene of him running away, and then it goes back, and it's now Emily's story. And it, I think it opens to her. Um, is she walking through the lunchroom alone? Like after he, after the courtroom scene, does it go yeah. there? No, 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 no. I think she's like going through the hallway and she bumps into Lucas. Or I don't know. I'm, I'm forgetting no, the exact order of it. Man, Lucas Hedges just shoots a shot. He just sees her outside, and I'm like, "Hey, I bumped into you earlier, right?" <laughs> yeah, your brother used to beat the shit out of me in wrestling. Like, uh, <laughs> want to go on a date? I'm a pretty cool guy. A lot of A24 films. Yeah. He's the man, dude. He's the fucking man. That dude has that's bread. Like, he, he, he plays the everyday guy that is, like, charming in the most normal sense of, like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing, but I like you type way. It's like astounding how much he nails it because I've been there so many times. And I know like, it's not even awkward to me because I'm like, man, he, he's working it. He's being like, 
perfectly like clumsy and awkward. <laughs> just that cute clumsy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so are we are we on to round two? All right. As we wait for Cyrus to get back, jumping back into it. So. Uh, yeah, but but part one kind of gave a lot of our overviews there. Got into the details a little bit, but I guess we'll just dive right right into this wave now. Um, kind of going maybe chronologically through. The, the soundtrack or just kind of put, taking out some of our favorite moments. But what what the soundtrack does so well is one on its own, be a perfect playlist. You know, you, you don't have to put this to a movie to like it. And I, I'm not, I'm not even like the world's biggest ASAP Rocky fan. I'm Tyler, the creative fan, right? But I still listen to the playlist all the way through. And what it does so well is not just compliment what's going on in the scene, the, the, the ethos of the scenes, but just magnify it and blow it up and throw it in your face. And the, you're supposed to be feeling what the song is doing and the scene are, are telling you to feel. And the fact that Trader Trust links those two so well together is just what's one of the cathartically crippling aspects of this movie. I agree, it's especially... I, who mentioned the MRI scene earlier? Was it you, Danny? That was Cyrus, I think. Cyrus, like, that sound of that Clams Casino beat sounds like a fucking MRI. Like, it, it, this music is attaching you to the scene that it's in, you know? Um, and, I'm, and, and I forgot, whatever scene it was that Siegfried by Frank Ocean played. It, That's that, when the, she's in the it, bath, like, all, all by herself, and you can kind of see the album on the phone as she's, like, holding, as she's doing the classic kid move, like, put the put, put the Spotify plain phone in, in the cup to make the little speaker move, and she's doing that, like, the, the same move Tyler did when he was upset. He just, like, we saw him a couple times, just would just draw himself a bath, right? He did the second time when he was fucked up, but it's that, it's that same moment, and she's just kind of, and she's just curled up in it, like, kind of letting, letting the smaller wave of this bath just kind of take her in what do you guys think cheeseburgers mean in this movie cheeseburgers they have cheeseburger does somebody have a cheeseburger after church no tyler was doing the uh drunk david hasselhoff eating the burger in the bath yeah i love that looks so great Dude, <laughs> being so yeah. fucked up and eating a burger in the bath. Oh man! Although I wouldn't want to be that hot eating a burger. Yeah, wouldn't want to be and, in a cold bath though. Cold bath eating a burger, baby. That's the new <laughs> hangover cure. It's an ice bath and a hot cheeseburger. Can you put a fried <laughs> egg on that burger, hon? Thanks. Uh, call it breakfast. <laughs> Split, please. Um, I'm man. I should have watched this. Like, I, I watched it like two weeks ago or three weeks ago. I'm not sure. Whenever I got back up here, but um, it just uh, it's just a heartbreaking. Like, it's a heartbreaking start. Lucas Hedges, our our indie white knight, literally white in a knight. Uh. Comes in and saves the day. This is a, this is the official Lucas Hedges fan page podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Luke. And um, there's no way he should be on the wrestling team. I mean, you see him with the shirt off multiple times. It's like, 
all right, he's kind of like, you know. Different weight classes, dude. He's I know, to, I know, I know about the weight class. He, he's just trying to get big. He, the, uh, I will, it's perfect, just has one of the best lines in the movie when he says, uh, yeah, I tried to sing Vampire Weekend in the shower. Shower. That shit didn't it sound right. <laughs> Dude, I wrote it down. I sing Vampire Weekend in the shower. <laughs> I, I think that line and, and, and at the beginning with the coach is like, there is no goddamn motherfucking second place. I was like, this is the most intense high school wrestling coach I've ever seen in my life. Wait till you see Vision Quest, bro. <laughs> you get a coach in Vision Quest. Uh, I can't remember the wrestler's name from uh, Vision Quest, but he kicked Tyler's ass, that's for sure. Um, but uh, she's got mad music taste. Um, she's teaching Lucas Hedges the ways, uh, like, like she's Wes Anderson being like, do you know this song? No, no, who is it? Animal Collective. And I'm like waiting for her to say bluish, but then it's like, wait, would this just be a like a? Is this an advertisement for all the music in the in the fucking album? Um, it's- well, the other the other the moment that I'm looking at on this what song website of like documenting the music for that. There's a moment when it plays Lock Raven off Fields. So yeah, when they right at the like. It's right at the start of the wave. They're just like, just catching the wave right then. And it's that, honestly, of all the Animal Collective songs, it's the most subtle, but it's the most, you know, it suited the moment the best, I thought. Obviously, Bluish is in the the movie as a, a fixture of their conversation, but that lock raven coming in out because that's sort of the moment when watching it fresh an hour and a half ago i was like okay maybe this movie's not gonna be mega depressing <laughs> yeah because that's the establishing shot that goes back to the beginning she's she, she's just riding her bikes through it's like the sky blue she's wearing these like soft i think she's wearing like a yellow shirt or something and like she just looks kind of just very peaceful and content and she's going you get like the, the first 30 35 seconds of black rave and you're like okay like the establishing shot is supposed to set the tone for a movie right that's like film school 101 so not the next 48 minutes of the movie, but but as but as we see how we get to the end of it, they come right back to it. And for all the times that this movie, the wave just crashed and crashed and crashed, it does end with the wave going up. And you're kind of supposed to ride this as this shattered family is going to start to piece things back together. Or maybe not even going up, but like staying on the x-axis they're just kind of rolling out yeah Yeah. just you know what one of the best things they uh i just going back to bluish uh it fucking it 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 starts playing and then uh that line i'm getting lost in your curls and her and her hair she's like it's frizzing out and it looks great and you never see it frizz out like that besides really that scene and it's the first she lets her hair down. I'm like it. I love that kind of hair. Like I love black hair. I like like 
nappy hair in general. Taylor Russell's a babe, too. Careful, babe. Okay. Well, guys, don't, <laughs> don't complete this whole thing right now, please. Um, but, uh, <laughs> she, oh, she's got the great that's birthmark. That's like, that is so distinct. That's It's super nice touch. But the song, after they're finished talking, the song fades out. Then they get on the golf course, and they're running in the sprinklers, and the, it comes back, and it is one of, like, that is a wave right there. That's that up wave, so, you know. It, there was, there was a few so moments. So, sorry to cut you off. They, no, they were, like, about to do ecstasy in that room, and I didn't hear the dialogue if they did or didn't. And I, did. I mean, not they that did. it really they mattered. Did. They did. And then, so then it's like they're just running around super euphoric in yeah. the sprinklers listening to Animal Collective. Like, oh. oh, Cyrus, it totally does matter that they did it. Because that's the, that's what the well, next scene is. You get this storm that's rolling in, so they it, just, the sky it, is kind of black, but you get these flashes of light, and there's almost this kind of like magenta on the edge of the clouds of the sun there, is getting covered by also, the storm. The modern there day MMA comes with like uh, uh, Meriwether Post Pavilion like background music to it. Like it just, mm-hmm. you fucking feel it. Like yeah. it's blood. With um. There were, <laughs> to illustrate my naivety to this movie, there were several scenes of just rapid texting that I I didn't have my glasses on. So <laughs> I, was, I kind of just read it as like a subtitle of dramatic dialogue is happening right now. <laughs> Between, there's multiple it's scenes where up. that happened, and I was like, fuck. So I think one of them is between Tyler and his girl. Yeah, it was basically saying, like, I am pregnant. Uh, he's like, fucking call me. I don't want to call you. My parents are supportive. Um, it was actually one of the better uses of iOS in a movie. Like, I, <laughs> it's a pet peeve of mine when movies get... It, it can get super corny, if it, yeah. right? But this when movie, not at all. When the bubbles pop up, I'm like, get the fuck out of here with that. Like, just show me the screen. And they did it. I feel like they did it right there. So, kudos. Hats off. Yeah, because I think they show Alexis's bubbles like almost every time. And as the conversation is getting deeper and he just keeps doing like four or five all caps, 20 exclamation texts in a row. She's just doing like the like, like, I won't talk to you like you. Like she's kind of even though there's so much tension there and you're waiting to see what she says. She's just giving these like very simple sentences as as crazy as he's getting. She's and the song that's playing is focus. And it's just being like she, 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 she's just trying to be like fucking focus on me. Like I'm I'm not overreacting here. I'm not yelling like we were in the car earlier. I'm just saying like, can we talk about this? If you're going to add crazy, like I'm just we're done with this. So, like, the song there, again, just another great song choice. Um, I was going to – I kind of want to tackle the Lucas Hedges character. I mean, the, my one of my favorite lines <laughs> is from him also. And she's, like – she's talking about her mom, and then he's, like, yeah, my dad's actually got cancer. He's going to fucking die. And she's, like, oh, yeah? Are you sorry? And he's, like, nah, he's a piece of shit, like – he, he's gonna die <laughs> and he's like smiling and grinning when he says it <laughs> the way he does it is like it's like fuck man this guy hates him but i couldn't stop laughing when i saw it <laughs> um but dude i would date that dude in a minute he takes her to the coolest places all summer long they are having the greatest summer you can have in florida like i 
they're they're kayaking through those fucking beautiful rivers like you know he's got a cool crew you gotta have a cool crew he's got yeah. it yeah uh, i mean i i was thoroughly impressed with what he had to back up because you do that you pull out all the stops when you start yeah. dating a girl it's like yo, you want to go see the manatees i'm gonna get the crew here i'm gonna take her to yeah. this spot do yeah. this spot like yeah he definitely he gave he showed his hand a little early in that relationship. Like, you know, he, he gets like, you know, seven pounds on him and like maybe starts vaping. And then all of a sudden he's like, well, this is actually the real me. It's 100% true. Like, you can't keep it up. You know, we're not, but honey, we're not going to the fucking. Sick-ass river and, you know, kiss, kiss a pee or whatever the hell it's called. Kissing me, you know, every weekend. We're not doing it. Are we, are we going to go through this entire podcast and not talk about her swimsuit in that scene? Through the river? Oh, when she's on the tree? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, we're going to talk about it. It's great. I, I don't remember. Talent. <laughs> I do not remember. I mean, I knew she looked good. I was, like, trying to not, like, look. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like, take a peek next time, David. It's good. Um, No, but, no, she's she's awesome. She's stunning. She's stunning the whole movie. She she really is. And the the first thing I said the first time I walked out of it was, this is a movie about Grace losing it and finding it. Right? Because Tyler loses Grace for the entire family, and then Emily finds it. Yeah, and and she like that's when I think of her, I just think of like fucking Mother Teresa, like real life, you know, just like this person who has is or a phoenix, you know, rising up, be, being able to go through so much hardship with such self love or finding self love. And going back to that, and going back to the Grace point when she was talking to them, he's like, "Oh yeah, I like couldn't find you on social media." She's like, "Yeah, I deleted it." Rather than being this like engaged person she's like you know what like people are gonna see what they say i'm just gonna kind of get out of it right and it's it's not gonna stop you know as she's scrolling through those instagram comments and those like fresh comments coming back up of people you know expressing the way they do on the yeah, internet she she's just like I'm, I'm, I'm out of it. and that, that's a very graceful, graceful move for, for a 16, 16 year old hey doctor hey. Hey. yeah, yeah. I forgot what I was going to say. Danny, can you repeat like the last two sentences of what you're saying? Yeah, no, sorry. No, doctor cut in. So. No, what I was saying was like, you were saying she, she's, she's very graceful. I'm like, for a 16-year-old girl to show that much grace in class like, on the internet to just be like, I'm just getting out of this. I'm not, no matter what I say, I'm not going to win this. Like it's the entire world's against me. I'm just kind of have to keep my head down and go through it. So for her to do that and not be this engaging, I, I'm online, a very easy place for a young kid to do that. You, you're yeah. right. And grace is a pretty good word to describe her graceful. And, but I also think that's not her personality. Like she's so meek, you know, like she's mm-hmm. lived her entire life in the shadow of this fucking superstar. Like she, she has always been second fiddle, and I don't know. Like I, to her, I feel like she would never even think of commenting back. She'd be like, "I want to avoid this and disappear," yeah. you know. 
and then the that, that kind of a uh, it, it it um the stepmother brings that up when she's like you pushed him blah, blah, blah. and like you, you he's like she's like you didn't fucking give a shit about your daughter this entire time and now you want to work all these things out that might bring us to that scene when they're talking you know uh by that body of water i don't know if it was a fucking river or a pond or whatever the hell it was but and they're fishing on that pond yeah i mean he he <sighs> he like finally <laughs> lets his shit out like <laughs> who in what swimsuit <laughs> tell her it's from her favorite movie <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was gonna happen. Hey, baby, you want to come in and give your takes? I'll text her back. <laughs> uh, She's, She's a great protagonist. It's um, it. Are you are you are you still talking about that scene, Dave? Yeah, I mean, like, that is one of, that's, like, kind of the emotional crux of, like, at least their relationship, and, like, it's her helping him through all his shit. Like, yeah, you can talk to me, and you realize he is the one that hasn't been able to get over the hump, and his daughter fucking could. Like, even, I know it's different for parents than it is for siblings, but, like, she conquered that, and she's like, you can talk to me. And he starts crying, and it's, you know, that's the first time he's cried in probably a very long time. And yeah, I, the- I cried more times during the movie prior to that than he'd probably cried his whole fucking life. Like, true. <laughs> yeah, and his line, it's okay if you're not, is, I think his way of saying I'm not like it's he, he, he in that moment, he still can't really say like, I'm not okay with this. Like I can't get over this. Like, he can't, he can't drop that wall still. But when he's like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, it's okay. If you're not like, please like basically being like Emily, please tell me it's okay that I'm not. And I think that's where that conversation goes from there. And I mean, anytime in a movie you get like the big strong dad to start crying, like I'm done. I, 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 I was done at the beginning of the scene. Kind of known as going on. It's like the same thing in Billy Elliot. Like when his dad sees him dancing, I was like, oh, fucking hey, here we go. <laughs> like, <laughs> I and, thought my socks had dried up at this point. No, no do. And then Sweet Emotion by Aerosmith came on, and you were like, oh, this is going to be a great movie from here on out, man. <laughs> <laughs> that, that scene was shown in the trailer, which I, like, before the movie came out, I watched like five times. So, like, I knew it was coming, but I had no idea what it was about, yeah. you know? Yeah, you, you had no idea how they got there. Oh, hadn't it? What? Turned it off. It's been hard, hadn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You ain't been fishing with your da- da- daddy since you were, I don't even know how old. <laughs> Which uh, which yeah. of these people do you think is the best actor in this movie? I mean, at this Great. point, I'll say K Sterling or Sterling K Brown, but like, you know, it could be Tyler, it could be uh, Emily. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's gotta be Tyler. That that protester outside the abortion center was she was very convincing. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I think, every, I mean, obviously, it's very easy to say good acting drives movies, right? But when you get four people in that family, who and not even counting Lucas Hedges at this point, like, you just got the Williams family, like, every single person as an actor, the, the mom, Shirley K. Brown, you know, t- Taylor Russell, and Calvin Harrison, like, they all do an amazing job at their roles. I think... Like Sam was saying, though, I'd probably have to say Tyler because we get a lot of his screen time and he just fills that role of this, like, pissed off young kid who doesn't know how to handle, an, like, one emotion, let alone every single emotion in the world going on in a span of three days. So I think I I, I would probably just have to say Tyler, but, I mean, the stepmom's great, Sterling K. Brown, just the dad great, and, and then Emily's great as well. So it's... It's, it's truly four amazing performances. And they of course, their talking role. second place to Lucas Hodges. This is a Lucas Hodges plot. <laughs> this is a Lucas Hodges <laughs> Hedges. Hedges, sorry. Thank you. It's a Lucas Hodges <laughs> podcast, but you can call him Hodges. It's okay. Hodges Library. Anderson, like, just sculpted, perfectly sculpted into the A24 world. Um, although, wait, no, Manchester by the Sea wasn't A24. Krisha will be on, Krisha might be on Sam's A24 list. We need to do the A24 one at some yeah. point. Um, it's, it's, I think it's his weakest movie, but there are a couple good parallels to it between the movies. But um, yeah, go on. I was too scared to watch it, uh, because it looked really brutal to watch. Um, I will say, um, or I guess we should uh, kind of wind down with the ending. Um, Lucas Hedges' father, mainly Radiohead, though. Because uh, fuck that guy. He wouldn't want us to talk about that much. It's a really great ending. Like, what, you leave these characters in, in, in an uneasy place, but... You think that they've all, like, the father especially is like, gained some grace, so to speak, at, le- at least a little bit. Um, I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on the ending? Yeah. I, I feel like it's like you found everybody in a better place than you found them, except for the two at one who were both fucking wrecked. You know, but I feel like Emily is in a better Like, she's discovering herself. Yeah, I think, I mean, it seemed to me, obviously not knowing, I mean, I hadn't seen any trailers for this movie, so I really had zero, I mean, Dave had described it to me, but when it was, when I was watching it, I I, I guess one of y'all had mentioned that, you know, there's just the first half and the second, there's just the two waves, like, the the first half, as we had described, was definitely sort of like a horror movie and kind of ex- like exhausting to watch in a lot of ways. But getting towards the end, it, I I thought that it was very the second half. I mean, you could definitely couldn't uh, switch those two halves and have the same type of movie, you know. 
Yeah. The, the ending, I did like the ending of it a lot. Down in color. Oh, yeah. Like, oh! I mean, I mean, the the end ending. I mean, Dave, when I was texting you, I was watching. I like, I actually sat down and watched the credits. I, I, I did not get up to leave when the credits started. Um, but yeah, I think with with everything going on with, with Lucas Hedges' dad, it's it's showing this like last this last step of closure that I don't think either of them realized they needed till Emily was the one who said. Like, we need to go do this. You're going to regret this for your whole life if you don't. And then we see the same thing kind of play out with Emily and her dad, her being the one to to finally get him to say something about it and finally start to bring it not, – not bring that whole Tyler chapter to close for him, but at least start to do it so that then they start – so then they can start to move on. And then she sends that text to her mom that you saw her kind of craft in the elevator. Another – Great non corny use of, of of a phone text in a movie is 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 her typing it out and then you see her start deleting it and you're like oh god she's not gonna do it and then it cuts to the mom getting ready to go visit Tyler in prison for the first time she gets it and it's just this beautiful like I'm so sorry I'm coming back but I love you and like thank you for raising me to this person like that one's a gut punch as you're reading it because you're like this is exactly what every parent and especially step parent has ever wanted to hear. So in terms of Emily being the glue that starts to pull everyone together and kind of be the, the puzzle master for Lucas Hedges and his family and then for her own family as well. I mean, it's a lot of weight to put on a 16-year-old kid, and she does it. She knows what needs to be done. That Man, I didn't think about how she's just – I kind of thought about how she was pulling her own family but not that other one together and, like, making him a better person – Fuck, she is. She, she's fucking sane. Like, really? That's too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yo, Dave. I, I I think that might be a good place to hit pause real quick and start again. We're at like the no, we're at five, forty minutes. We got, oh, we got more time. Okay, we're good. Never mind. We talk. Does anybody have like notes or anything they want? That little points they have. Danny, I thought you had a list. I had yeah, I mean, I I got some, and we already kind of started to to to, to chip some of them off. I just had some like outlying questions. Um, what's a lip sync final? Because I think he's waiting for the lip sync final, and he okay. I didn't know if it was like a club or a class. Because I'm like. Like, what do you do in lip in lip sync class? <laughs> like, how do you have a final for this? Oh yeah, she does and she's sitting that. outside. And he's like, yeah, I got the improv final. I'm like, those are clubs, not classes. Like, unless this is the coolest school ever, and you can just take improv instead of Western. No, that could be what is class. How you get an education? I don't know. I, one, one thought I have is that Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross literally had the easiest job ever in this movie. Like, if you yeah. think about it, their sounds are, like, fleeting compared... Like, you remember the music, you know? They're, they didn't yeah, curate. They're just filler for, like, nine minutes of the movie. And the rest of the movie <laughs> is this perfectly constructed I, Trey Edward Schultz playlist. He, he, he kind of Edgar-righted it with, like, the... 
here's a playlist. And then when I send out the scripts, I'm going to send the music cues along into it. So when they actually are reading it, they can kind of get into that headspace already of where they want, of what this song should be doing to them in the audience. So it's, it's, it's not going to work for every single movie, you know, that style, but when it does, i.e. waves and baby driver, it really works. That I think another possibly, uh, I'm not sure. This may have been a Trent Reznor song, but the song playing during Tyler's meltdown, that saxophone, I think that was Colin Stetson's song. It, it sounds like Stetson. Colin Stetson. And that that was the... I mean, there's uh, this movie is so filled with great musical moments, but the the... I, as someone, I do like Colin Stetson's music, but that was so disturbing. That soundtracking his just, but the destruction of his future. Cyrus, have you seen Hereditary? Yeah. Okay, that that's a lot of Colin Stetson. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I've listened to his music, but after seeing Hereditary, it's I realize how. It's really the perfect soundtrack for horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> We're hereditary pod, for sure. Big time. Uh, Dude, that movie I, was fun. I had just two notes. Uh, I really loved the scene when they're at uh, uh, Tyler's dad's, uh, the site he's working on, and he's a project manager. Just seeing, like, the, the camera work there, and it just made me want to fucking get a, get a hard hat and, like, you know what? I'm gonna be an engineer. I'm a I'm gonna be a project manager. I'm gonna build houses. Like that's all that made me want to do. Cause then that, I could raise a family. Uh, I wrote on that scene too. It was that I bet he is a Facebook admin on a Black Men for Trump page. <laughs> <laughs> also that too. Uh, yeah. Uh, no shout out to the five. Oh, really big shout out to the Five Bloods on Netflix. Fucking unbelievable! Like I watched it late night on a weeknight. Like I couldn't turn it off. Like I, I loved it. Um, and then the only other note, what was? Oh, I had a question about the soundtrack. So you know how you get these movies like everybody wants some or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or Days Confused, and they're like contemporary for the day. How does this soundtrack sound? to somebody watching this movie, this movie is not a rewatchable, so to speak, like those other three movies I mentioned were. So I don't know if people are going to be watching this in 20 years. They're probably not, to be honest. As sad as that is, nobody's probably going to be watching it. Do you think this soundtrack would stand up at all? Like, like how do you think it would sound to you in 20 years? I mean... I should say to a, uh, somebody that's like, Eight years old, like 20 years younger than us. Yeah, I mean, I'd say kind of what you were saying. I mean, this isn't this isn't a Remember the Titans soundtrack where like you put it on because it's these fun like backyard barbecue songs and you can kind of sing along to it. I mean, there are some obviously some of the biggest names in contemporary music are on here. You know, you get Frank Ocean, you get Kanye, also these kind of elusive artists that you're able to actually pull that many songs from the mind to it so like it, it 
in 15 years, the art majors are going to be watching this movie, and the art majors are going to be studying the soundtrack the way us, like, indie kids for business majors podcast is doing it over here. So, but I don't think it's going to be like this. I, I don't know if it's going to be one of those things that in 10 years was like much bigger than what, what it was when it came out, you know, because I think it's just too, too deep and too embedded. And like, it's, it's not the pal, it's not palatable as remember the Titans are days confused. Cause it's not a fun movie at, well, at all. I had two two things about that. One is the fact that it was made during the era it chose the music and how music changes over the years and how you can retroactively pick music to rap, to to attach to that movie or yeah. that time. It's yeah. a lot easier to do that, get the right tunes. And the only other thing I was going to say is I think we're like if if like any of our kids ever have somebody, one of their friends comes over and is like have you ever seen Waves? Like, the soundtrack is fucking sick. You'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is a good kid. Good kid. <laughs> Siri played Dish of Danger episode 13. Uh, <laughs> 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 I did it. Yo, dude, your dad did a podcast about this 10 years, 15 years ago, Wait, sick. Your dad is really into his, uh, Taylor, <laughs> Emily's bathing <laughs> <laughs> No, but you guys get what I'm saying about the soundtrack. Like, yeah, yeah. Now, as contemporary, you know, I just hope in 20 years, I think, uh, you know, people might know Bluish or Florida. I don't know, but like, I don't know if they'll know fucking uh, that Clams Casino ASAP song. Like, it, it's just interesting to think about if, if, if how many songs like hold up. It does sort of beg that question, like the Chuck Closerman type idea of, is there a way, you, there may be some way in the distant future where you could say, this is the sound of the 2010s. You know, there may be some signifying, not an artist, in the way, his analogy is Bob Marley to reggae. That in the future, his concept would be, for instance, that reggae will be remembered in a way of, oh, that's what Bob Marley did. But the, the like, what seemed so innovative as, like, indie rock and kind of experimental rap, that in the future may be condensed into a more singular sound Kanye. That, Kanye. that people remember as that Kanye. sound that in the 2000s, 2010s, whatever. The way that, in a lot of ways, 80s music, whether it's Talking Heads or or Run DMC, it, it sounds like the, the things did in the 80s. Not that that is a singular sound, but you know what I'm saying. Not that's that so everything in the 80s sounded for, like that. For right. that reason, though, because it sounds like that era. Specific, like You don't need to be necessarily great to be remembered. You need to embody you're doing mm -hmm. yeah i mean the, the, these songs are going to be remembered as what 16 and 18 year old kids were listening to in 2017 2018 2019 like that that's all he was trying to do with it i feel like was just this is a 
teen movie. Like these, yeah, and it's more fucked up than a teen movie in 1992 because there's a lot more fucked up stuff going on to teens in 2019 there was in 92, right? I think this, a lot of like the, the hip hop songs around it are kind of chaotic because that's what Tyler was. And I feel like, not not to that full extent of what he did, but a lot of other kids feel those same pressures right now more so than they did before. So it does show what a really good job of what kids at that time were listening to. Whereas Dave, like you said, you can make a movie that takes place in 1980 right now and just pick out a bunch of 1980 songs everyone's gonna love. Yeah, they just picked the perfect ones. Yeah, for this movie. that's why it's fucking great. Uh, anybody else? Yeah, I, I'm pumped for this A24 one. Like I've I've watched two A24 films since you brought that up that I hadn't seen before. Um, I already, I already know kind of like where my where my gun is lying for at least one. Yeah. But like there, there's so <clears throat> many. Like I could. We're pick. we're counting all I, the. The movies that have been distributed by A24, right? Because I was looking at their Wikipedia. Yeah, like Wikipedia. I mean, fucking Ex Machina. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa! Whoa, whoa! That's what I'm saying. Like, fair game for, for that. Yeah. A24 is not a production company, I think, or unless they recently became one. I'm pretty sure they're only a distribution company. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. all, like, a lot of their stuff is done through, you know, like, uh, I mean, it's all, all the, there's a billion of them. There's a whole family. Well, I think that they're, the newer things, though, have been produced by A24, I think, in is the it, last. Yeah, years, I think Waves was, they, they do the they same do, A24 thing. Yeah. But the earlier days, which this is Wikipedia knowledge that I'm saying to y'all, is that it was, like, distributing yeah. No, the newer ones have the same A24, like Uncut Gems, Waves, they have the same A24 intro that that is wasn't on the older ones that had the bigger A24. Like Midsommar has a, it's a smaller A24 that appears in the snow and it's fucking beautiful. Midsommar totally not one I'm going to grab my list. Not at all. Fuck that movie. <laughs> it wasn't good. You guys should rewatch it. It's not good. Summer. Uh, what is it pronounced? Midsummer or Midsummer? Because one of us pronounced. I thought it was Midsummer, but Midsummer. All right. No, the actual event is Midsummer, though. Is this the intro to the A twenty four podcast right now? (laughs) 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 We're giving away all of the hits. Someone mentioned A twenty four, so we started going down that that track, but um. We'll get back. We'll start riding the wave again. Any other kind of notes you guys got lying around or anything we haven't completely covered? I'm good, man. I got got some dinner ready. Sam's got to go explain some bathing suit talk. Uh, So uh, I'm good. All right, fellas. Peace. Until next time.